0: Before I tear into this, does anybody have anything that they they want to get into? Know you got got to answer that. (laughs) Anyone? (laughs) Anyone? Well, I was just thinking of 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 these verses in Luke twenty-one. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's, Sounds familiar. <laughs> men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then I was reading Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart fails me, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. And I wasn't just thinking about that in light of the hurricane. I mean, it's just convenient that we had the hurricane here. But really, I was thinking about that in light of Afghanistan. And the underground church in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and the reports now that have come out the last couple of days. And any guys, any of you guys, mm-hmm. guys read? I don't even know what's going on in the last
1: couple. Of days. Okay, couple so of days, right. Can you, what yeah, psalms
2: were
0: those? Psalm 73:26, and then Luke 21. Oh, Luke. Okay. Luke 21:25 through 26. But the, the report is that the underground church in Afghanistan have all been martyred now. That they've all been killed. Yeah. And and the report is that they were all out going door to door what? telling everybody about Jesus. Real. Oh, wow. And that people were on the phone with them while they were all being while the, they came in and found them and martyred them all. Little kids there also. And little kids refusing to deny Jesus. Now, I think we can all see that their hearts didn't fail them. That's right. Why not?
3: <laughs>
0: Why didn't their hearts fail them? Listen, I promise you, it wasn't because they read on a board somewhere that they should be witnessing to people that they were out there knocking door to door. It wasn't by their own willpower that they were doing that. There was like a supernatural grace that came alive inside of them that caused them to do that. And so I I just started thinking of why didn't their hearts fail them? And why were they filled with joy to go do that? They weren't like, I guess I'll go do it. They weren't like, well, this is the end, you know. No, they were out there like full of joy doing it. Knocking on doors, going door to door, telling people about the Lord Jesus. And it isn't just the words that they're they're speaking about the Lord Jesus that is a powerful witness in that place. Like like I think Paul would come and say, to those who believed it was a sweet smelling savor. Mm-hmm. Right? But to those who were perishing, it was also a sign. Yeah. That they're full of death. Yeah. Right? And and so you have these people who are facing imminent death, and yet these people are not caring for their own lives. They're not worried about their own lives. These people are out witnessing, in the face of certain death, about the Lord Jesus. Mm. And even just them being taken captive by that, it bears witness to a life that overcomes death. Because the only reason these people would be out there doing that is if they weren't afraid of death. Mm. And the only way they wouldn't be afraid of death is if they have a life that overcomes death. And so it's a powerful thing that's happening in in those people. And I just started thinking of why didn't their hearts fail them? What's going on there? I mean, is there a truth that will keep our hearts from failing? Yes. And we could talk about that. But also, was it through their intellectual knowledge of this truth that they were taking captive? Yeah. Or did something rise up inside of them? Yep. Right? Like right now, some of us might be thinking, I don't know if I would do that.
1: Mm.
0: I don't know if I could do that. Mm. And if you're thinking that, then one of the lines you want to go down from that place is, Well, did those people do that, or did the Holy Spirit well up inside of them and take them captive and fill them with dunamis, right? Did it come down to them weighing it out in their head, or was their heart so fortified with the word of life that this is what came forth out of them? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's it's the latter. No doubt.
4: Yeah, it
5: has to be
3: the spirit. Be. Yeah. Flesh yeah. so well, is not too. gonna do that. I, right. I, I think <laughs> Exactly <you> know, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think throughout the scriptures yeah, there's a communication a there that in distressing times that the Spirit would do that first. Yeah. Don't take thought about what to say. Because at that time your father who is in heaven will speak through you. Mm-hmm. Very good.
4: That there was a mentor who brought me to grace and um, I remember him telling me about Peter. And he said, the same man who denied Jesus three times. was the same man who was hung, said don't, ha- don't cru- crucify me, crucify me upside down. I don't deserve to be crucified like Jesus did. And, and he said, now, do you think that he became mature, Billy? Really? And then he got to that point? I said, yeah. He went, no. <laughs> <laughs> he said that the spirit filled him. Yes. Just like Paul was so vehement in killing Christians and doing what he thought was right, that the spirit overcame him. Anyway, and I, I was talking to Greg yesterday, I, I'm, my heart is like broken for the people in China. Afghanistan, West Africa, um, Korea. I mean, they're, they they're, they 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 taking whole church. They're all hiding now, but they're taking whole churches out and killing
0: them. And do you know what those people might say to us though? Yep. They cry for us. Yep. Because that's we're right. so full of materialism and the that's life right. that's in the world that <laughs> their heart breaks for us, yep. right? Like we, our heart breaks for them. Honestly, why would our heart break for them? when they have eternal life.
1: Yeah. Our
0: heart can break knowing that death isn't right. right? But look, our heart breaks from them because they don't have a big screen TV on the wall that they can watch. Yeah, right. There's a reason why... Listen, as I read through Facebook during the hurricane, there's no shame for any of us in any of this. Because I've lived there, we've all lived there. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. But it's like all the people on Facebook talking from a heart that's failed them. Like exalting... Yeah. The tribulation of the hurricane and how great it is and how will life ever be the same and, and all these different kinds of things and I'm thinking listen man that is not the spirit of the sun talking like that and I don't find fault with those guys but it's so interesting the way as Americans we feel bad for all these other people listen man we're kind of like the rich guy in the parable of Lazarus and the rich guy
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow,
0: Americans think a good <laughs> life is found in materialism and never having hard times And we've raised all of our kids to think it's a sin to ever feel uncomfortable. And if anyone ever feels uncomfortable, we got to jump in there and we got to shut it down. Everything is about always feeling comfortable. And the moment you feel uncomfortable, your life is being overcome. Or their life is being overcome. And if you don't have this, and if you don't have that, and if this doesn't go right, and if this happens to you, where's God? And you're going to die. Listen, man, I don't know. I hear about the people in the Chinese church. I feel more bad for the American church than I do the Chinese church. I'm sorry, but I'm just being honest.
2: Well, Christ in you, the hope of glory is still a mystery here. But it's not a mystery Mm -hmm. to them because they're experiencing it. Mm -hmm.
0: That's right. Right. They've realized that there's no life in the world. And so they've given up the ghost. Right? Right? It's like, don't cry for me. (laughs) Right? I'm crying for you. And it doesn't mean we don't look at the the tribulation they can encounter and we're indifferent to it. But we, we consider the incorruptible seed that they have in themselves, right? And it's like we honor them knowing they, ha- they have the testimony of the Christ, right, dwelling in them. But you... Have picking up uh, like news
3: feeds about what's going on with
0: that? Yeah, in Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah, just from different missionaries, different people connected in the area. Yeah, there's been a couple of reports um, of what happened there.
5: Why is it happening in China and Africa right now? Is something going on over
0: there? Well, China just doesn't allow Christianity. Well, I
5: know, but I didn't know whether.
0: Yeah, it's just that kind of a thing where it's it's always an ongoing thing. They throw them in jail, and so they have an underground church going on there. Same with like Iran. Um, Where was the other place you said? South Africa? West Africa. Oh, West Africa. Yeah, it's not like that in South Africa. But so many times we spend our lives trying to avoid hard times or death because we think of all the great pain. And I just wanted to bring to everybody's remembrance that in the day... Should you ever encounter something like that, like these people in Afghanistan encountered, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is going to well up. It's like a, you know, the boxers before they come out, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> and then they ding the bell, and the boxers come out. Listen, man, when we encounter the death that's in the world, it rings a bell. It's like a bell that goes off inside of us, and the Holy Spirit comes out to brawl. Right? The Holy Spirit comes out to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right?
1: Bring it up.
0: <laughs> the Holy Spirit's like, we came to get down. We came to get down. Right? Those people did not, by their great knowledge and their great intellectualism, come to the place where they said, we're going to witness instead. They found dunamis, is what the Greek word is. Power from on high manifesting inside of them. Right? Right? And that is what came out of them. And we have that same Spirit in us. And so we ought not think about uh, if we encounter death, but we ought to think about the Holy Spirit that swallows death. Should we encounter it? And we could twist on that. But man, it surprises me. The American church, my my heart breaks for the American church. Because, my goodness, man, I don't even think the American church even understands what the gospel is. We're so far from it. Because every time something, with this whole political season and everything else, all I see is the hearts of the American church failing. That's all I see. That's all I see. You would think, listen to this, you would think that the world were
3: ending because there's COVID, a hurricane hit, and... Uh, we're kind of uncomfortable. Air, Our I air conditioning went <laughs> yes. and, up. And these people over in Afghanistan
0: are losing their lives for their faith. And they're full of joy about it. Yeah. They're not like, oh my gosh, what about my dreams? Yeah. <laughs> I dreamt of doing this in my life and now I'm not going to get to do it. Yeah. Right. That's right. I mean, that listen, man, I've dreamt of being with Jesus forever, and here I get to go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to tell Greg yesterday that I loved, just loved having the missionaries stay at our house. Um, we had a pretty big house, and it, it took a little while for them to get over what we had you know, swimming pool, b- basketball court, volleyball court, all that stuff, hot tub. And, and, as we got to know each other better, and they trusted me, and I trusted them, they said exactly what Greg said. You know, Billy, I don't. I don't tell you this to hurt you. And, I, and it's okay you have these things, but here's what I see when I come to America: you worship your things, and you really should. We should be sending missionaries to you, um, rather than you sending missionaries to us, because um, and and I just this week um so i'm thinking about retirement and i'm a math guy and i'm adding up the numbers and they don't add up and now i feel the pressure right well, just like that
2: tired for the last five years <laughs> i know I, and that's probably
4: why but, but you know the numbers didn't end up and it's a, and i sat there and i, and I said jill just like that i felt this pressure like oh my gosh how am I going to, I got to keep this up, I got to do this, you know, mm, ah, it, it, it's amazing how quickly it comes, and you know, I don't know if it happens at all like that, but it, it just came out like a wave, and I, you know, I hadn't slept for four days, I was tired, and, and but that was not an excuse, but I would just felt, dogs, you know, I thought I was so far past this,
0: mm-hmm. no, I'm not. It's not something that you get past, it, it's like a... It's a continuous walking with the Lord as you encounter the death that's in the world. Because the death that's in the world is all the time trying to tell you life or death is found in this. (laughs) That's what it's all the time trying to convince you of. It's all the time coming, knocking on your door and telling you, your life is wrapped up in this. Your life is wrapped up in that. Your life is wrapped up in this. Your life is wrapped up in this. Peace is found here. Uh, Joy is found there. It's all the time inundating us with that. And there's no shame for us if we find ourselves in the place where we've walked down that path or we answered the door But what we want to do is start fellowshipping with God again around the truth So we could see like the psalmist said the psalmist said my flesh and my heart fails But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever You see how he he finishes the sentence? But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever We're talking about those guys in Afghanistan, their hearts not failing them. You know why their hearts didn't fail them? Because God was the strength of their heart, not their circumstances. Do you know why men's hearts fail them? Because they're looking to their circumstances for strength. They're looking to the world around them for life. Mm -hmm. They're living as if their life is intertwined with all of these things. And we'll just use the hurricane for a second. Guys, you understand we're not one with the hurricane, right? (laughs) You guys understand we're not one with that, we're not one with the COVID. We're not one with uh, the take the vaccine message. Neither are we one with don't take the vaccine message. It's an individual thing that you can just feel this is what you want to do, and you can do it. But we're not one with any of those things as if our union or our marriage is hooked up to those things. We're one with the living God. And that's what we're one with. And the world is all the time trying to convince us that we're intertwined or wrapped up in all of these different things. Because that's what will cause our hearts to fail. Because we're looking for strength from these individual things. There's no strength in those things. There's only weakness. And so we don't say these things from the perspective of what's wrong with us if we we, we find ourselves here or there, but we say them from the perspective of we love one another and we want one another to be filled with the strength that comes from God. That's right. yeah. And so that's why we talk about this, so that our hearts don't fail as things in the world can go awry, but that our hearts are filled with the strength of God when we encounter these things, right? And we st- our hearts start to think, no, no, God is my portion, right? Right? God is my portion the church isn't my portion my marriage isn't my portion I I like my marriage I love my wife but Becky is not my portion right she's not she's the same as me her portion is God I'm not her portion right It's, it's like the world tries to convince us that we're intertwined with all these things That causes the heart to fail.
3: And that's how Paul can say, I know what it means to be in want and I know what it means to have plenty. But he's found the secret of contentment no matter where he found himself. That's exactly right. Because if you can live above your circumstances, you're living above your good circumstances and you're living above your bad circumstances. You're living above All circumstances
2: Amen.
0: So Luke Luke says Men's hearts failing them For fear And for looking after those things Which are coming on the earth So it says that men's hearts Fail them because of fear Filling them up And the fear is filling them up Because they're looking on the things That are going on in the earth right they're looking on the things that are going on in the earth thinking that their lives are braided together with this world
3: and for them they are for them their
0: thinking has them
3: braided together Yes.
0: 21 25 and 26 What do you guys think?
1: I'm amazed that the scripture says it so plainly. Yeah. And we've missed it for decades.
3: (laughs) Completely. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: But it's right there. Amazing.
0: We've missed it for decades because, and I'm the chief of this kind of a person, we've spent our lives trying to avoid discomfort. Mm. Yes. That's the truth. Well, if you mix that type of thinking, with the world around you, then your heart's going to fail every time something goes wrong. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I used to see discomfort as a sign that my life was being overcome. And then I felt miserable when that would happen. It was like every time I felt like something wasn't right. How many of you feel like something's not right sometimes?
5: I feel like it all. Listen, I think I'm the king.
0: I think I'm the king. Now listen, I find the Lord... I found the comfort that comes from God, and so I find it waning, but I used to live, I'm an intense person, and I'm not just intense when I preach the gospel, like I feel everything at like a high level, whether it be frustration, aggravation, love, joy, anger, I feel it like up here. And, and so I used to always interpret my feeling as a sign that my life was being overcome, that my life was being taken. That something was keeping me from what I needed And I would live in that place all of the time And what I realized is I, I was living as if I, I didn't know it at the time But I was living as if my life was braided together With those things We're one flesh with the Lord I said we're one flesh with the Lord Guys Well what do you see in His flesh? Immortality Immortality And so there's no shame when we feel weakness. And it's not like, well, if we knew this the right way, we would never feel weakness. But we do want to come together in the face of the things in the world that can cause us to feel weakness, and we just want to talk about the truth. Right? And we want to talk about the truth with each other, and we want our conversations and our prayers, whatever you call it, whether you call it praying or conversations with your spouses, with your friends, with God, we want our conversations to be around the truth, which is, listen, when the hurricane comes, um, I found myself just praying, as I always do with God, and I found myself talking with God and talking to Him about how I'm not one with the hurricane, and then I'm one flesh with the Lord, and I just found myself talking with Him along those lines. And listen, you'd be shocked, but there's great strength in that kind of a conversation, there's grace in that kind of a conversation for you, for every kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, the world is all the time trying to catch us up in a conversation where we see ourselves as being one with the world instead of seeing ourselves as being one with God. Right? right. Yeah. And that's how that's what will cause your heart to fail. In fact, you can't keep your heart from failing. Right. The, the heart of a human was not meant to be able to sustain itself. The heart of a human is not self-existent. The heart of a human cannot create strength. The heart of a human cannot manipulate its surroundings to produce strength. It's not able. The heart of a human was meant to be strengthened by God dwelling in the human. <laughs> right? What do you guys think? So, it's not something we
2: figure out. It's something that God does to us.
0: It's something God does to us. And it's something we, the truth is just something we talk about. And we plop the truth out on the table in our midst all of the time. And then, one of the the beautiful things about a church body is we're supposed to be able to come together with no uh, shame, no guilt, no fear, not feeling judged for where we're at. And then what we would want to happen is we put the truth in the middle and then we start talking about what does this look like in our life? Well, I hear that and then I I think I'm feeling this or I'm experiencing this. What do those two things look like together? And then all of us become edified, exhorted, and encouraged. Right? That's, That's how the dynamic is supposed to go. That's what will give us the help that we need when we need it. Right? Paul, Paul talked about uh, the Corinthians. He said, listen, when you guys come together, you think it's like for a party, and some of you are pushing each other out of the way so you can get more food than the other guy. And you're leaving these, it's as if you got no food at your house, and you only come to be fed. He said, so you guys are not remembering the, the body and blood of the Lord. And he says, because of that, some of you have fallen asleep before your time. And I don't think he means that, oh, they just dropped dead right there. What I think he means is that they were filled with stress and anxiety and fear and destruction came upon them because their gatherings weren't <laughs> centered around partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. Their gatherings were centered around them filling their bellies with food. That doesn't mean it's evil to eat food. And, and like Billy, the missionary said, it's not evil to have things. But you don't want to be beholden the things as if your life is wrapped up in the things. And that's what I see has happened in the American church. We, what, you know what I use the gospel for? And I was taught this in the American church. I use the gospel to try to hold on to the life I had from the world. Yeah, mm. that's, what that's what I use the gospel for. The, 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 my life is wrapped up in all these things. And now mm. I'm going to get the gospel to help me hold on to all these things. Yeah. So I can be at peace. Right? Because all those intense feelings I had, if this thing is wrong over here, then I can't have life. If this thing is wrong over here, then how am I going to have peace? And I was all the time living, trying to fix everything. And then I said, oh, the gospel will help me to hold on to these things that I need for life. And all the time, what I didn't realize is the gospel was bringing something forth in me where I gave up the ghost. Where I laid down the life that I had from the world. Where I counted it as worthless. That doesn't mean that I don't care if bad things happen. What it means is, is I see that the life that's in the world can't strengthen me. It will always leave my heart failing. Yet mm, a yeah,
3: prosperity that. gospel is actually a gospel of death. It's a gospel, it's of, a death, gospel it's of, it's a of death and it's the
0: doctrine of demons. Yeah. Yeah. is what it is. Yep. It's so full of worldliness that I, it's like, I would that you were hot or cold, but you're warm, so I spit you out. That's the kind of thing that you spit out, that doctrine. Not the people, but the doctrine.
1: Yeah.
0: And the, Amer- the American church for a long time now has lived from the carnal mind and related to God from the carnal mind. And they've created this dynamic where the people's hearts are failing them every time something goes awry in the world because they've taught them <laughs> the blessing of life is found in things, yeah. or your dreams. Now listen, I'm passionate about preaching, so I'm not saying there's something wrong with you being passionate about something. But life is not found in your dreams. Life is found in God's dream for you. And that's actually the, the, the satisfaction, or everything that you your dreams, you know what they're all wrapped up in? You wanting life. Well, guess what? God's already dreamt for you to have life. And this is the only thing that can satisfy your dream. Every dream you can have is wrapped up in, you think, that's the power to a good life. <laughs> I promise you, everything you want for your life, is oh, that's wrapped up in having a good life. Right? Passion is born from where you no longer taking thought of your own life because you see your life is settled in the Lord Jesus. And what that means is that Jesus is a well of living water you're going to feel weak sometimes. You're going to feel stressed out sometimes. You're going to feel like your life is being overcome sometimes. It's going to freaking happen. It's not a sign that your life is actually being overcome because your life is hid with God in Christ. And in that place, the gospel is designed to bring us back to where we're connecting with God for the strength and the life that we desire, that we think these things are keeping us from. And then that restores our soul. And we have a sound mind again. And we don't walk through the things we're navigating based on the wisdom of the world or based on the idea that justification is found in the world. It's not.
3: Then if you want to be a doctor, and you have a dream to be a doctor, you can go be a doctor and enjoy being a doctor and be a good doctor because when you're trying to become a doctor, and that's going to be your life for you, and you fail a metal, medical exam, you lose your life. It, it, or things don't go right. You don't get the good grades. You can't become a doctor. Yeah. So what happens to
0: you then when that's what you dream was? Yeah. Men's hearts failing them for fear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. That doesn't mean we're not going to walk through the things that happen on the earth It doesn't mean that we might not have to make decisions Right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes the world will force a decision on you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But as we walk through Whatever nonsense is going on in the world We want the second part of Psalm 73 To be what we're encouraging each other in Which is God is the strength of my heart And my portion forever so you notice how the psalmist says his heart and his flesh is failing him. Listen, I think all of us in here are old enough to where we probably spend a significant amount of time trying to give ourselves life. Is that just a foregone conclusion? Okay, then we're like the psalmist. My flesh has failed me. Has any of us got it right to serve ourselves with life? Okay, then our flesh failed us. Now, how did, our hearts, how did it go with our hearts when we were trying to give ourselves life? Did we find our hearts full of strength? No. We found our hearts failing us also, didn't we? Okay, so we all can identify with the first part of the psalm. But the second part, but God is my, the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm. Right? The strength we all want, man, yeah. is found in what God has said and done in Jesus. And when we feel that lack of strength, that's where we want to be connecting with each other and with God. That's what our prayers, we want to be filled with the meditation of our heart. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. All I could think when I was praying about the hurricane, and I wasn't even trying to pray about the hurricane. I was just praying. And so then I started praying. The hurricane came to my mind. I just started thinking about how... Uh, I just started thanking God that we're not one with the hurricane. We're not one with the world, but that we're one flesh, one body with the Lord Jesus. And I started thanking God that he got it right to liberate us from this world and braid us together with him and himself. And then I started thinking about, I started talking with him about how Jesus is in me and I'm in him and we're both in the Father and we're both hedged about with the life of the Father. And I promise you, as your mind starts and your heart starts meditating on that, you will feel strong. And you will feel like, what? What? Who cares if they do that? And so that's what we want our, our conversation to be centered on. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. But words that are filled with what? Grace. Corrupt communication is not cussing. Oh shit. <laughs> I promise you, you could be out in the streets, man, with a bunch of people cussing. And Jesus wouldn't be like, listen, you can't say that. <laughs> There's no, that, that would be corrupt communication. There's no strength for people if they stop cussing. <laughs> Whether you cuss or don't cuss cannot give you eternal life. Right? Take it away. <laughs> it can't give it, it can't take away. So you know what that does for you? Should you be around a bunch of people that cuss, you're not stressed out about it. But also, should you be around a bunch of people that don't cuss ever, you're not stressed out in either situation, right? (laughs) You could be happy and full of peace, no matter where you're at.
3: But we got to tell them not to cuss.
0: (laughs) That's right, because justification is found in whether they cuss or not. Paul would come and say, listen, whether they cuss or not matters not. (laughs) But is their conscience corrupted? Right? If someone, felt, if someone felt stressed out about cussing, because a lot of people could be taught cussing is a sin, and so then they could feel like a weight. If I was around someone like that, I would never try to convince them that they should be cussing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know you're free? You should be cussing. <laughs> that would be sin.
3: No, some people would say that's what you're saying.
0: <laughs> no, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's neither uh-huh. here nor there. It's like Paul, Paul said with... To the, to the Gentiles, listen guys, you guys, that your conscience isn't corrupted with the idea of eating meat sacrificed to idols. Don't now take your liberty and use your liberty as an offense to these Jewish guys that have been taught their whole life that if they eat meat sacrificed to idols, that it's a sin and they're going to die. Right? right? Yeah. Because if you come and try and tell them that justification is found in not eating the meat, their conscience is stained with that. And even should they believe you and then eat the meat, thinking that justification is found in me being so free that I can eat the meat, they're going to eat the meat and their conscience is going to condemn them because their conscience hasn't been cleansed. Let your words be filled with grace. You know, you know which words are filled with grace? The word of a life that has overcome death in the flesh, those words are filled with grace. The thing that God has said and spoken in Jesus, that's what's filled with grace. There's strength inside of God's life. Do you know why there's, you know why there's strength inside of God's life? because it's indestructible. (laughs) Listen, I promise you, every time we feel weakness, it's because we have a body that's perishable, and we're in a world that is actively perishing. And so weakness is born from a life that's perishable. Strength is born from a life that is imperishable. And so grace just means strength. And so there's strength for us inside the word of a life that is imperishable. And there's strength for us In hearing what God must think of us that he's come and given us that life as a free gift. What must the Lord think of us? That's why John would come and say what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. What must this guy think of us? He could have let us return to the dust of the ground. He doesn't need. He wants. And so what is it that this guy thinks of us that he wants us. This guy who has everything. There's no lack in God. It's actually a much more powerful thing to want something than to need something. <laughs> yeah. And if you want something so badly you'll lay down your life to have it, when you don't need anything, what does that say about the thing you're willing to lay your life down for? <laughs> it's
2: valuable.
0: Yeah. <coughs> right? And so there's grace, there's strength for us in hearing that. And that's what it means, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Paul's talking about the philosophies of the world, right? You know, there's a whole bunch of corrupt communication going on in the world right now about about a number of different things. And if you notice, all of them, the conversation about all of the things. I'm not saying it's wrong to have an opinion. I have an opinion about these things. But the conversation that is built around all these things in the world has risen to justification is found in one side or the other. That's corrupt communication. Justification is not found in one side or the other. Life and death is not found in one side or the other. You can still have an opinion.
2: Greg, Sharon has this uh, neighborhood app. (laughs) Somebody posted on there, please do not put trash in the median, okay? And she was reading it to me yesterday and that thing blew up, man. I mean, just all kind of people fighting, you know, well, this and this. Is, it was just, and I, I, thought, I said, look, don't, please don't answer me. <laughs> yes. Just leave it alone, you know? People you know, I mean, oh. going crazy over putting limbs on the median in our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with social media is just crazy right
0: now anyway you see it the, always is and that's weakness yeah. you see the weakness you feel yeah. right it's is that a, go ahead
1: it's amazing that people think that they're going to get life or lose their life because their limbs put in a place that they don't <laughs> like yeah that's how ridiculous and it is it, <laughs> it is we see yeah. it for ridiculousness yeah. but then When it comes to our house, and no, it isn't the branches, it's the AC's gone. (laughs) Well, can AC give us light? Uh, Maybe. Your flesh tells you absolutely. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little more comfortable (laughs) light. And so it's just so good to realize that no matter what place our hearts in, in our own weakness, how we're looking at things, that God's life is there to show us his life to strengthen
0: yeah. you in the midst of not sure. having a. Com- mm-hmm. uh, listen yeah. all of us would prefer to have air conditioning right i, I think so is that yeah. right okay there's nothing evil about preferring to have air conditioning but we don't want our hearts to fail us yeah. in right. the day something happens with that
3: you're not gonna die that's the you only point You right
0: die. like i would prefer none of this crap to be going on with the COVID. i have a preference yes. about the COVID. i have my personal opinion about all of this crap right and I get aggravated about it sometimes, and that's fine. But I don't want my heart to fail me because of it. Do you see the difference? And so, in the place where I could see something's frustrating me and upsetting me, I I realize I need some God time, yes. and I go and sit with God. Right and i start listening and talking with god sometimes it's as simple as putting on a song right listen honestly this morning i was not having a very good go of it it's not that my heart was failing me, but i felt weakness it's like repetitively all that i i got the last couple weeks was horrible reports about people's lives over and over and over again and i'm not talking about like the hurricane like the root blew off or thomas scott Water. I'm talking about. For some reason, over the last couple of weeks, I just keep getting inundated with catastrophic things happening in people's lives, and it culminated last night with the missionary in the Philippines that the church supports. His wife emailed me last night and said he keeled over, dead, in uh, in the children's camp in the Philippines. He went into cardiac arrest and just died right there in the middle of the children's camp. This guy's been. This guy has laid down his life to be a missionary in the Philippines. He lives in Squalor. And he's been over there for years with almost no help from anybody. We're like the only church that like helps him. And, and so this morning I was just feeling like, what the hell? You know, like what the hell? Here's this guy doing this, and now this guy dies. It's impossible not to feel those thoughts. But on the way over here, I put on the song, Rattle. <laughs> right and I love the whole song but the, 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 the spirit behind the song and the, the words where he says just, just ask the stone that was rolled from the tomb in the garden what happens when God says live <laughs> I don't know if we realize it what do you think happens when God says live What do you suppose happens should God look you in the eye and say live? What do you think happens? You live. Okay. Well, What do you think the resurrection of the Lord Jesus is God saying? Live. Live. Whose death do you think he died? Ours. Who was trapped in the grave? Don't
2: worry about the stone.
0: What stone? I mean who who was the stone? What did the stone really symbolize? Who was kept in the grave? It was all of us. And what do you think was going on when God rolls away the stone? And what do you think is going on? I mean, Jesus is called the Word of God. Mm -hmm. He is the Word made flesh. And so, yes, Jesus is a, a person, but you also want to realize He's the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh, and we beheld His glory. So Jesus comes out of the tomb. Yes, Jesus is a person, but we want to see that's the Father talking to all of us. And you know what the Father is doing? He's looking you in the eye. He's not ashamed to be seen with you. And He's saying to you, live! What do you suppose happen should God have said to you, live? you got the voice of God so close to you that every breath you breathe in, you're breathing in the Lord Jesus. You can't take a breath without that breath having come from the Father. And so you're breathing in the life of God. With every breath you take, God has looked you in the face and said, live. (laughs) Right? And so my mind started becoming filled with that when I came here. And there was great strength for me, even though this guy who I love, this guy who loves the gospel, who laid down his life for the gospel, even though this guy died abruptly while ministering the gospel, even as I think about the church in Afghanistan, And those people all being martyred. And there's tears in my eyes when I think about that because I know death isn't right. And I know the viper in the earth killing people isn't right. But if I'm being honest, when I hear the testimony of those people in Afghanistan, there's a joy that comes with the tears. The joy that the resurrection was alive in them. And their lives were a witness to a life that overcomes death. And in the face of certain death, they cared so much about the lives of the people around them, they're knocking on the doors, knowing the Taliban's coming to kill them. They're knocking on people's doors to tell them about the resurrection from the dead. You see, they heard God say live. (laughs) And if God says live, it doesn't matter should the world try to heap its death on you. Just ask the tomb. That was rolled away from the, the stone that was rolled away from the tomb in the garden. What happens when God says live? The world can dump all of its death onto you and God says live. I promise you, you coming out.
2: Yeah. So when the missionary took his last breath, God said live. That's right. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's that simple thing. God said live, man. Mm-hmm. God said live. And we have a testimony We were carnal, sold under sin. Our our understanding was darkened. We couldn't understand or comprehend God. And so you know what God did? These guys think that death is greater than my life. These guys think the sin and death that Adam brought into the world has made void the promise of life. As if I can't make dry bones live. Son of man, can these bones live? We all said no. How can they live?
3: And so God takes
0: a man, his son, and he lets all the death in the world that we think is the most strong thing ever, death is the strongest thing ever, we're all so afraid of the death, we're all trying to keep our lives preserved from the death, we're all trying to situate everything so we can never taste anything that could look like death, because we think death is like the strongest thing in the whole world, God takes that thing we're all so afraid of, he lets it all come upon this man Jesus, and then you know what he says to Jesus? Live! Mm. And what happens? He comes out, and he comes out in glorified, immortal flesh that can never die again. And that's God saying to us, live. Right? And that we're one flesh with the Lord Jesus. That's why we're called the body of Christ. Well, he's got glorified, immortal flesh. He's got the kind of flesh that can never die. Well, who are you one with? Are you one with the kind of flesh that can die? Or are you one with the kind of flesh that can't die? See, those people in Afghanistan, they knew. And so even though my heart breaks, because it ain't right, death, I still felt joy knowing the spirit that was in those people and knowing what that spirit was interceding inside of them and bringing forth. The joy that I feel is because their lives were a sign and a wonder of a life that overcomes death. And you could see it inside of them Because they weren't fearful for their lives They were out there knocking on the door Right? The testimony of a life that overcomes death For some reason it does something for me And I say for some reason Just to put words To what I feel But there's a reason why it does something for us None of us were created for death We're all created for life And so all of us know there's something not right about death. And so, man, there's great strength for you when your mind is filled with the word of a life that overcame death in the flesh. (laughs) Right? And you see yourself as being one with the immortal, incorruptible body of Jesus Christ instead of being one with the life that is perishable and passing away. Right? Does that make any sense? yeah
5: that makes you willing to live
0: (laughs) yeah that's the only way to live and that's what we were talking about people's hearts failing them for fear Mm -hmm. right and we we just want to be reminded that God has looked us in the face and said live Mm -hmm. that's the resurrection of the dead the death that's in this world tries to make our bones feel brittle and dry Mm -hmm. Right? But God, in, in Deuteronomy, Moses says, my doctrine will drop like dew. <laughs> it will drop like rain, saturating dry bones with life. A river of living water. It will saturate the bones that feel dry because of the death. It will saturate the tree that is trying to be scorched by the heat that's in this world, which is the death and tribulation that's in this world. It will saturate the roots of that tree with life. And it will make that tree unceasing in its fruitfulness. The, the earth was scorching those guys in Afghanistan. But they were trees that were unceasing in their fruitfulness. Do you know why? Because they were planted by the rivers of life. And even when the heat tried to scorch those trees, man, it, they actually bore more fruit than they did before the heat welled up. Right? It's a powerful thing. You know, Paul, when he saw Stephen, and it says Paul, Saul was consenting unto Stephen's death, right? He egged the whole thing on. He was joyful over Stephen being stoned to death. And Saul standing there. And Stephen, in the midst of being stoned, doesn't run and hide. He doesn't try to preserve his own life. Neither does he curse the people who were trying to stone him. But you know what he does? He prays for them. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And later on in Acts, it says Saul's heart was pricked. Jesus says, how long will you kick against the prick, Saul? How long will you deny what you saw in Stephen? How long will you deny that he said he sees the Son of Man? Here I am. This is what Stephen saw. You want to know why he prayed for you when you were stoning him? This is what he saw. Glorified, immortal flesh. And he saw that his life was hid in me and not in this world. And so those guys in Afghanistan, knocking on the doors, you think that didn't cause a prick in all those people's hearts around there? Amen. You think those people were like, what's up with these dudes? Why aren't they afraid? I'm telling you, man, the life of God wells up in the face of death. And it testifies to humans. And I promise you, all those people in Afghanistan that they roamed around, and ministered to, and were able to, to knock on their doors and talk to, the life that was welling up in them, it, it testified to those people that there's a life that overcomes death. That this guy, Jesus, has a life that can even overcome the Taliban. This guy, Jesus, has a life that even should people be killed, that life can bring them out of the grave. And their hearts become pricked. Right?
2: Right been around for a good while and at times when they're catastrophes uh, you would see churches fill up and I think the reason people go to church even today is because something inside of them is drawing them to Jesus but they go there and they get entertained or even get condemned mm-hmm. I remember someone telling me one time after a church service, says, well boy I got a good whipping today <laughs> you know, they go to it and it's just shameful. And the reason we're not out knocking on doors is because and the reason people are not in quote churches today is because the message has been the opposite of what we're hearing right now. Yeah. Yeah, people haven't heard the gospel. That's right. And if they did they'd be drawn to it, they wouldn't run to it. You yeah. know. And so we've become so apathetic that uh, you know, people are not drawn to the church where you go to meet Jesus. They're not. Yeah.
5: I beg to differ. I don't think they're drawn to it. I think they run from it and I think it upsets them and I think it rocks their boat and so I think they might
2: That's wrong. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: So Expound on that?
5: Well, I'm dealing with two kids right now okay, yeah, yeah. who have refused to have any contact with us because they think this message is my salvation is at risk. And so they don't want to hear the truth. So what they've done is they've canceled us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the reason they canceled is because what they've heard at the church Because doing.
5: they're in the Presbyterian church and mm-hmm. so they yeah. don't want to hear the truth. So I don't think they'll redraw. I mean, I think that they, their heart needs to be pricked, but what it does is it makes them uncomfortable.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the gospel is not being preached in a lot of these churches and oh, what's it's preached there people rejected so you know I have I have a son that won't darken the door one because of what happened 30 years ago mm-hmm. and uh, so it's you know and he rejected and I'm thankful that he rejects it because I've been able to share Christ with him the gospel you know and I think he accepts that but he wouldn't darken the door with church it's, it's
0: most it's, churches and
2: neither would I
0: it's kind of like with uh <laughs> Jesus said out of your mouths you confess God but your hearts are far from him when he said that to Jerusalem Um, Isaiah where God says is this really the fast that I have chosen right Um, you're filling your bellies with your own work still you're not beholding my work I think what's happened in a lot of the westernized church world is that people haven't seen the carnal mind crucified on the cross and people are still living from the idea that if bad times happen in the earth it's at the hands of God being pissed at people That's right. and so they come to church in droves when bad times happen because they think that will be the sign to God that they're sorry for their bad behavior yeah. and then they think that will heal everything well, listen, man, God's not the thief. you think that we would realize that the devil is the one that serves death. Not God. I mean, Jesus himself even said, it's the thief that steals, kills, and destroys. Not God. I, I'm God. Here I am. And watch what I'm about to do. Is it me that was accusing the woman caught in adultery? Is it me that picked up stones to stone her? It wasn't, was it? In fact, it was me that stood next to her and defended her and removed the sentence of death that was hanging over her. Right? And so I think the church world gravitates towards church when we have hard times because we think, oh, well, God's upset with us, and so he's smiting us. And now if we'll behave and be good little boys and girls, he'll stop smiting us. Right? Instead of, instead of people coming to church to, to fellowship around the truth, That God is with us. The calamity is not a sign that God is far from us. That's the whole way that the world confuses us. That's how the devil wins. He got his death in the earth, and then he all the time points at the death that he planted in the earth, and he uses that death to tell us it's a sign God's abandoned us. But God came in the flesh of Jesus. So that we could know the death was not a sign that he abandoned us. How do we know? Well, we see that we thought God abandoned Jesus. Well, then God brought Jesus out of the grave and sat him at his right hand. So did God abandon Jesus? No. And the death of the cross was not a sign that God abandoned him.
2: The reason I started thinking about this is before I left home this morning, uh, I think it was Channel 6. I'm not sure what channel it was. They had uh, the... The uh, St. Louis Cathedral. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a camera there, and the priests were lined up, and everything. And they showed a shot of the. You've been there, I and mean, you know how big the place is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I counted ten people, and they were spread out all of that. That's all there. People are not even going there. Yeah. yeah. At the St. Louis Cathedral. Yeah, yeah. There's
4: two. There's two billboards in Mississippi. We're going to announce the helper. One said. Um behold, um God's returning and he's angry. Chick oh. Group. The other one said sin is a small world. Small word. Uh, Eternal damnation in the fiery hell is forever. Oh oh, Repent. God. You know, so people read that, right? And oh. and I think about years ago, you know, oh my gosh, I was the same way. I thought Oh, you know, I better <laughs> clean up my act. Right? So, uh, you know, the world is just inundated with that.
2: Yeah, that's the line that's been leaked, right? No, yeah.
4: It was shocking for me. You know, Jill and I both saw it. We're like, shocking to see that. Yeah.
0: But that's the truth. That's what the world is. Mm-hmm. And as people that know the truth, I I pray to God every day to help me make the message more clear. Right. And so, it isn't that there isn't an eternal death. It's that the the eternal death doesn't come from the hand of God. Right. It comes from the poison of asps. Yeah. God isn't the serpent. No. God isn't the serpent. And so, when you <laughs> de- declare a God, and you paint a picture of that God as if He's the serpent, then that mischaracterizes God in the hearts of people. It actually blasphemes the name of God. Ezekiel prophesied. God prophesied through Ezekiel, and He said, "I will sanctify My name." Now, why would you think God's name had to be sanctified? <laughs> I mean, we even have it written in our insurance policies. A, a friend of mine, he he he, a bunch of these gigantic pines fell off of uh, in his property. Well, none of the none of them fell. Well, one of them fell on his wife's car, which he need, they need a new car anyway, so he's kind of happy about that. But one of the pines, unfortunately, fell on his neighbor's house, and so his neighbor is thinking that he's going to have to pay for it. But the insurance policies aren't written up that way. The insurance policy wouldn't attribute the blame to my friend. Who, who had the yard where the tree was that fell, the insurance policy would call that an act of God. Yeah. <laughs> so even our insurance policies attribute the death and calamity in the earth to God instead of Adam planting the serpent system in the earth. Right. It says that God gave dominion of the earth to man and now we've blamed God for what's in the earth. It's just like Adam when God said, did you eat from the tree that I told you would kill you? And Adam said, it's that woman you gave me. <laughs> you know, that's how he blamed the woman and he blamed God. Well, that's a symptom of the carnal mind. And, and so, man, when you... Yes, there is eternal destruction. Yes, there is eternal death. It doesn't come from the hand of God. It comes from the serpent. That's who it comes from. And God will let you loose to have what it is you want. If you don't want eternal life, he will let you have what you want. And if you wanted to join yourself to death, he will let you have the same end that's coming to death. Right? It's like with my dad. I remember when I was, you know, yelling and cussing at him, how horrible he was, blah, 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 blah. And he said, listen, right? I can't keep you here anyway. I can't make you stay if you want to leave, I can't make you stay. The door's right there. I offered to pack your stuff. And do, you, do you see what he was acknowledging? He couldn't make me do anything. And ultimately, he would have to let me loose to do what I wanted. Because I'm in his image and his likeness, which means we're on an equal playing field. The scripture says that God doesn't insist on his own way. And so, yeah, there's eternal destruction. No, it's not. The, the Western world has done a poor job of explaining hell. The word hell, is not, that word English word hell is not even in the Scripture. It's called Hades and Sheol and Gehenna. Gehenna spoke of a physical place that was in Jerusalem where they burned all the trash. And they would burn all the bodies of criminals. So when Jesus mentions Gehenna fire and that it's unquenchable, what he's talking about is, is if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is the fire of God's life, then your flesh will be consumed by the fire of life. And your flesh will return to the dust of the ground, and you will perish. That's Gehenna fire. And then Hades. Hades. That just means the place of the dead. The place of the dead. Sheol. The place of the dead. Those who are dead. And so yeah, there is eternal death for people that reject the only life there is, which is in God. But that doesn't mean God's the one who's the father of the death. The serpent is the father of the death. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a sad thing. I mean, Jesus said that, I mean, he's called the Prince of Peace, and he said, Hey man, I, I came to bring a sword. <laughs> And the sword that he brought was that he boldly declared the truth. And the truth drew a line. Right? Mm -hmm. This is the way unto life. This is the way unto death. Now, why did he draw that line? Because he doesn't want any of us to die. And we were busy going down the path of death. Right? And so, yeah, you could find that kind of thing in your families. Where, listen, People get very moved one way or the other by believing on Jesus, right? And especially religious people. The Pharisees were the most religious people in the whole earth. And they set themselves up as enemies of God, of God. And they were the ones that were reading the Bible more than anyone. Mm -hmm. And everything they taught was the antithesis of God. It was Mm -hmm. so anti-God, that when God stood there in their face, they couldn't even recognize him. The way that he behaved, they thought, was the actions and behavior of a sinner. And he was God. Mm-hmm. So the, your, they never called you guys at all, still? No,
5: and she she's turning 21 on Wednesday, and she does not a-
0: she doesn't want to see you? Because of what? No,
5: I I'm, I'm missing a part of it. I don't really
0: know. Well, this is what I've realized in times like that that suck. God knows more than anyone what it's like yeah. to be rejected by people that you've laid down your life for and that your heart wells up with love for. And uh, there is no answer, but what I, what I found for me is that in seeing that, that God knows, I find that my heart connects with Him in those times, and I find that there's always been comfort, right? God knows what this feels like. I'm not alone in this. He's felt this same thing, and um, I mean, the Scripture says Jesus came to His own, and they rejected Him. Have you guys read Psalm 49? Or not Psalm 49, Isaiah 49? I just want to read this real quick. It's a prophetic thing outlining Jesus and the Father talking. Listen, O isles unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. This is Jesus talking. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft. In his quither hath he hid me. And he said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel. Mm -hmm. Israel is one of the names used to describe Jesus. Mm -hmm. In whom I will be glorified. Then Jesus says back to the Lord. Then Jesus says, listen to this. It's like you wouldn't think this verse was in here. (laughs) Then I said, this is Jesus talking. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain Jesus says that why do you suppose he would say that it's a prophetic verse I'm I'm thinking of Jesus when he said Jerusalem Jerusalem I came to gather you to myself but you would not And so those were his people those were his family and he did nothing but lay down everything for them and they rejected him and hated him and made him an outcast and he felt what that felt like he wasn't immune to that feeling of like what was it all worth Lord it's kind of like the Apostle Paul the the thorn in the flesh If you read in the, the thorn in the flesh was not some sickness. If you read the chapter before that, he talks about the false apostles that were roaming around and uprooting all of his churches. And he was very upset by that. And Paul's looking at his life and his ministry and he's feeling like a failure. All the labor I've done, it's all being ripped up. It's all being torn away. It was for nothing. And then Jesus says, my grace is your sufficiency. Here's the Lord Jesus even saying, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing. The second part of that verse says, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And so he's rejected by everyone. And so personally with you, Michelle, there's nobody that knows what that feels like more than God. Like he's feeling that with you. And I would just encourage you to, to talk with God about it and to see that, that he knows intimately that you have a support group with god you know the world creates support groups where other people have lived what we've lived through because we think there's strength there listen god has lived through what we've all lived through Mm -hmm. god is our support group and we can most certainly he's the one we can actually identify with more than anyone what's sad is the world and religion has taught us that we can't identify with him that we're far from him but no he actually is more intimately acquainted with every hurt with every pain with every thing we could feel than any of us are and so man, when you can identify with god and you know he knows right it's like god would come over and put his hand on your shoulder and say i know me too Mm -hmm. me too michelle i know Mm -hmm. and then he would sit with you and start talking with you about it and you guys could have a good cry together about it and you could feel held by the lord of all glory and then you could find strength return Mm -hmm. jesus felt that same thing that same rejection and he says, but my judge, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord. Bernie just preached a message about what do you do when you think your life's a failure? And we, him and I were talking on the phone and he's the one, he was all, oh, Greg, I know you know these verses, but go read them. And we sat there and read them and I was like, yeah, man, I could have recited that to you, but I, I kind of lost sight. That there's Jesus. Paul said something interesting. It matters not if you judge me, yea, I judge not my own self. It's that same thing being echoed here. Jesus says, I've labored in vain. I've spent all my strength. I emptied myself for you, Jerusalem. And you would not come to, the- you would not come to me. And then he says, but my judgment is of the Lord. And what was, the Lord ju- what was God's judgment? It was unto life. I haven't had time to go listen to that message, Bertie preached, but it's—it's it's not this Sunday. It's the Sunday before. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with life and circumstances, and you're looking around and thinking things don't look like they're going right, go and listen to that message. And uh, if you can't find it, tell me—I'll send it to you. It's not this Sunday. It's the Sunday before. But you'll—you'll you'll be encouraged. I don't know if you guys realize it, but Jesus's ministry looked like a failure to everyone. His whole life looked like a failure Mm -hmm. to everyone. I mean, whose life that ends up nailed to a cross looks like a success? (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? And so the world is all the time trying to convince us that we're failures and that we failed. God knows better than anyone what that feels like.
5: Some people call it a myth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of people said that. Yeah, you're right. Look look what it goes on to say. And now says the Lord that formed me in the womb to be his servant. Jesus is the servant of God. This is Jesus. This is Isaiah prophesying of Jesus. And now he just said, I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Surely... My judgment is with the Lord and my work with God. What he's saying there is, is that the judgment of my life is held in the mouth of God. Right? And look what it goes on to say. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. To bring Jacob again to him. He formed me in the womb to bring Jacob to him. And I spent myself and Jacob didn't come. Now says the Lord to me Though Israel be not gathered Yet shall I be Glorious in the eyes of the Lord And my God shall be my strength 49 Yeah, It doesn't matter whether the whole world rejects you If God's for you It can be against you Absolutely Look what, look what he goes on to say And he said the Lord's still talking to Jesus It is a light thing That thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and and his Holy One, to him whom man despised, to him whom the nation abhorred, to a servant of rulers, kings, shall see and arise princes also shall worship because of the lord that is faithful and the holy one of israel and he shall choose thee so there's jesus lamenting he sent me to gather jacob where are they jesus had perishable flesh man you think he didn't feel the full weight of death you think that he didn't you think he didn't hear the voice of the world telling him he failed you think he didn't have to deal with that you think he didn't feel anything when where's your God now? When he's nailed naked to the tree and not a single person is there accepting him? You think, he, you think the serpent's wisdom wasn't telling him you failed? No one came. You think he didn't hear that? And he's connecting with God and then God's like, listen man, I will be made glorious in you and not only will you bring the preserved of Israel, but you will be a light even to the Gentiles. Isaiah goes on later in 54, Sing ye that were barren. For your maker is your husband. And it talks about the Gentiles being added to Israel through the seed of Israel. Jesus.
5: (laughs) Mm. I'll never forget this guy dressed up in a suit and he had the microphone on. This was years ago and uh, my wife's family wanted to go visit that Halloween big thing down there by the river. And uh, so that was going on in, that whole grandchild and the last one going in. So why would he get in my face and say, uh, where's your Jesus now? he's right in
1: here.
5: I it. Went in there and I seen all the devil bunks hanging around up in there, it's way up there. And This guy's got these things sticking out. And he points right down at me. Get him out of here. Get him out. So it suits me fine.
0: no matter where you go there the lord is (laughs) Hmm.
1: yeah
5: these uh this end of the age now gonna be uh mighty interesting the stuff that's gonna be coming up Uh, I guess that's what gives this uh, world no peace, they're gonna be uh, just like them poor people in Afghanistan. Uh, And the news is just all wacky now. The devil is the master of confusion. So look at television now and
0: everything else. Yeah. The world is gonna become more and more captivated with the death that's in the world. The church, the true church Is going to become more and more captivated With the life of Christ Christ in us The certainty of glory Right? They're going to become more captivated with that And it's going to draw a clear line It's going to be like the sword All over again Right? Where the the church is going to become Like Christ in the earth all over again And it's going to be a sweet smelling savor To those (laughs) Who have life And it's also going to uh, serve as a testimony To those who are perishing Right? And, and it'll bring in whoever will turn away from trusting in their own works, it will bring them in. Right?
1: Amen. Yeah. Glory
0: to God.